0: Terminal and Dave Conversation Crack And the music you love Today FM It all happens here Today
1: FM Right now I want to ask you a couple of questions Number one How do you preserve and store a full size whale skeleton? Because that's the task that the staff of Dublin's National Museum of Ireland Natural History had to ask themselves. The Dead Zoo, as it's known, one of my family's absolutely favourite places to go. I love bringing my kids in there. It has just reopened after two years of renovation work. And we're joined now by senior curator, Paolo Viscardi, to explain what they've been up to. Good morning, Paolo. Good morning, Um, I watched the Dead Zoo Uh, there's a documentary you can watch by the way on the RTE player Uh, it was on the other day and uh, I watched it with family and absolutely loved it because as I said it is one of our favourite places but what amazed me most I think Paolo about the documentary was the insight it gave into how little had been explored in for example the two whale skeletons that were up there that there was like the main one the the fin whale no one had been up there since the 1890s to look at it or you know like it wasn't as though it was like ah yeah we pop up every week and check on it we were learning things about it for the very first time
0: Absolutely and the thing to remember is that this this is a very kind of historic institution it's a very historic building and um they, they kind of build the space underneath the whales with cases back in like the 1890s um, and, and more specimens and so on. So it means that there's very little kind of access going up. Even if you put scaffolding in, it's really difficult to get around all the cases and everything that were there. Yeah. So um, it, it makes it very hard to get up there to actually check to see what's going on, um, Well, um, you, which isn't
1: great. No, it's not great. But you guys did that. And the idea, of course, the reason why you were moving all the things that have been there for over 100 years is because the building itself needed renovation. It wasn't a luxury decision. It was the fact that you had a leaky roof and a moth problem and lots of other things going on. How was the renovation decided upon? I mean, it's such an important building, as I said. And myself and my family love going in there, but and it's been around for so long. But buildings
0: like that do need work. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, So the building was built in 1856 and opened in 1857. So they threw it up pretty quickly. and. Mm. Um, and uh, it's you know part of the the thing that we love most about it is the fact that it's this historic building and it hasn't really been changed in any significant ways in you know, most of that time. Um, you know, certainly in the last hundred years, nothing nothing's really changed at all. So, um, you know, as with every building, it needs maintenance. Uh, it needs to be kind of looked after. And if the roof goes, which is why our current problem is uh, the biggest of our problems. We have many other problems because, uh, as I say, it's an old building and it's mm. just getting very clinky. Um But getting up to that roof is, is absolutely the worst. There are no blueprints for the building. We have no plans. We don't know how it's put together. So the very first thing that we had to do was to install what we, what we refer to as a crash deck, which is a kind of a working platform just below the glass ceiling. So when we were working on the whale, if you saw the documentary, you'll have seen that there's this glass ceiling just above the, uh, our heads where yes. the whales are hanging through it. Um, so we need to be able to get up to that and actually see how the whole thing's put together. We need to be able to remove some of that glass to actually get into the roof space to be able to actually do the investigations to understand how the whole lot is put together before we can do anything else. Isn't it strange that the building itself
1: is almost like the way you would kind of determine how the skeletons were put together? Because, I mean, some of them were put together with plaster and wood and leather. And, you know, it's it's interesting that the building itself is mirroring the, the animals.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. And the thing to remember is that when you're dealing with a skeleton, that's an architectural, um, an, an actual architectural feature anyway. It's it's there to provide support. And, and so actually, when, when you look at the kind of things that you need to consider when looking at both of those, you know, skeletons or the building, they're actually quite similar. It, they involve engineering principles. They involve, you know, understanding the materials used, All of those things, there are lots of parallels there. So, um, and and certainly with a building like this, this was very much built as a museum. I think it's probably the first uh, or probably the only museum that was built as a museum, certainly the oldest. Um, That is still a museum and has been in continuous use in Ireland um, since it was first built. So, you know, it it was built for this purpose. This is what it was made for. Yeah. Um, And it kind of reflects that in the architecture to some extent. And tell me then
1: about moving the other animals. The whale skeletons, I suppose, are the biggest ones. I mean, I know the elephant there as well. Uh, the, the skeleton, of the elephant. The, the found, you found all manner of things inside the skull of the elephant. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> but what about things like you know, for example, the taxidermied animals that we love looking at when we go in there. Like they're also they're not only are they delicate, but they're effectively they're 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 not living, but they're they're you know they're they're so delicate by comparison to. Uh, you know, any other kind of material that you might move, like the mahogany in the cases, for example, is a lot more structured and better put together than some of the old um, uh, taxidermied animals.
0: Well, it's funny you should say that because it depends on the animal and it depends on the taxidermist. Um, so for the large taxidermist, it's kind of like moving furniture. Um, right. It's effectively a you have You have quite a strong internal frame and then you have... Um, a, a tanned, effectively a treated skin pulled back over the this kind of structure which was built underneath. And mm. for old taxidermy, it tends to be really heavy. For newer taxidermy, it tends to be built using much lighter weight materials. But those things are actually relatively easy to move. Some of the uh, some of the smaller taxidermy can be a bit more delicate, but actually taxidermy is much easier to move than things like skeletons because... Um, the way in which it's been put together actually makes it quite robust. Okay, um, you know, it's it's more like moving a you know a couch or a you know, a a small piece of furniture than moving um, a skeleton, which has got so many moving parts and it's all wired together.
1: Yes. Um, And and of course, you wouldn't know also how it was. Sorry to interrupt your pal, but just saying you wouldn't also know how the skeleton was put together because it it was put together over 100 years ago. Nobody wrote plans. Nobody said, hey, this is how we did, you know, join the vertebrae together. We did it this way. You just have to go, well, let's take it apart and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, effectively, it's like an archaeological dig. You have to take it apart to figure out how it was put together, um, and you know that's when you discover things like the wire that they used is is starting to rust, or you find out the plaster that was used is starting to crumble. That's when you find the problems. Um, yeah. And you know, obviously, when you're moving it is when they can actually break and, and actually you know fall apart. Because when it's stationary, just sitting on a shelf for a hundred years, it's not moving around too much. No. It's a bit of vibration. But, it's not too bad but this is when you're doing this work this is when you find the problems and you have to actually deal with them because you know once they get moving that's there's force going through them and that's when they fail gotcha
1: now having reopened after two years of work what can we expect now i haven't managed to get in yet i'm dying to go in i've gone my holidays now when i come back i'll definitely bring the kids in but what can we expect when we go in is it a vastly different place now the museum or is it similar but just better structured
0: well to be honest we haven't refurbished it really what we've done is um we've tried to get the building reopened so the public can get back in but we can only open the ground floor at this stage because we still have a huge amount of work to do in the upper upper floors at the right. moment so um and basically you won't notice any real difference um you'll walk in and you'll be like well what what happened and basically all we've done is move all the stuff downstairs out of the way of gigantic Props which were holding the floor up during the building work and we've moved them back to where they were, done a little bit of stabilisation, dealt with some, you know, some issues, um, some conservation issues um, and just generally given everything a, a clean um, and that's pretty much it. Nope. Um, and when I want to say everything, I mean the cases, I don't mean the specimens. Sure. We haven't had the time or the resources to do that. Really, the majority of the work that's happened has been upstairs and it will be, you know, it's very visible if you go up to use the bathrooms which are upstairs at the moment and um, you, you will see that there's a, there is no glass ceiling visible anymore. Yeah, um, it's still there. It just has a new floor built underneath it, with all steel and uh, and timber. So it's um, it's quite a significant piece of work. It's it's, uh, at the same time, that's for building uh, to take place, not for kind of public access. Really yeah. yet, that's of that's the beautiful.
1: Well, Paolo Viscardi, senior curator at the National Museum of Art and Natural History, or the Dead Zoo as it's known. Thank you very much for joining us, and thank you for all the work you guys have done. It's as I said, one of my favourite places to go and visit. So, thanks a million. Thanks very much. Take care, Paolo. Bye bye. Dermot and Dave, weekdays from nine am.
0: Today.